Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flatpak Company Audio Show. Uh, I'm joined here with Cam Lee again and we're here to sit down and hold your hand through how we started the Flatpak Company. Uh, last week was just our introduction and this is our first proper podcast. If you haven't already listened to that first intro podcast, give it a listen. We sort of delve into our first couple months of business, um, that whole secondhand bed operation, etc., etc. Basically, uh, we we ran it as our summer job. We pulled the trigger and and we just went for it. It definitely wasn't uh, that scalable at the start, and it wasn't the perfect business. But hey, we've um, we've pivoted as we've gone, and and sort of here we are a couple of years later with something a bit more scalable, and. Yeah, something that we yeah. can move into full-time post-uni. Yeah, for sure. I think the reason that we started the very first uh, second-hand beds operation was that we were looking for something uh, that wasn't your typical summer summer job, bit, would you say? Out of, the, out of the normal. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I think we're looking at everyone looking at everyone around us, they're getting summer jobs, working here and there, and we thought, you know, this could be an opportunity to not have to do that. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really want to pull tips another summer, you know, <laughs> yeah, didn't, want to, exactly. didn't want to be in the, in, in the shed milking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing that really needed to happen and what did happen was that I flew up to Cambridge um, to live with Cam for two weeks and that's where the Flatpak Company really was born, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We spent uh, spent a couple of weeks at my parents' house in Cambridge and we sort of just started knocking heads and smashing it out and yeah, it really started with a couple important meetings. It did, um, it did. We were what, building the website by night, coming up with um, different <laughs> strategies that we could... Um, how to get this thing off the ground, how yeah. to really gain traction. Yeah, and, and then driving tractors during the day. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was a life, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. a life. No, it's um, good. Let's, yeah, let's just delve into probably our first proper formal meeting was with um, with one of the banks of BNZ, actually. We, we really arrived at that meeting thinking... You know, let's go full time into this next year. Um, oh, sorry, as well as uni, but let's let's really get into it next year. Um, let's smash the Dunedin market and go from there. And we sort of arrived with, at that meeting with with that thought in our head. And when we left that meeting, we were on on top of the world. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was not just Dunedin. We it was were going, completely different. We're going Dunedin, Christchurch, Wellington, <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah, let's yeah. just go for it. Yeah, I guess all it really took was that one uh, guy in the bank that we had the meeting with. Um, to look at us and say, I think you guys are onto something here. You sound like you've, you know, you're willing and able to really rip it. I think you should. Otherwise, I guess someone else is going to come along and steal your piece of the pie, and they're going to do it in Auckland or whatever it might be. You know exactly. And I think that sort of gave us a, a bit of a fright and and a bit of a kick up the ass to just go for it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Don't hold back. And, and I guess there was a lot of people along the way that said to us, you know, just focus on getting to need and you don't know if it's going to work, you know, like you haven't even figured out how to get beds into the country yeah. yet, you know, as, don't. As so many people do, you know, they yeah. they get scared and, and think about what could go wrong. Yeah, and that's right. That's I right. guess that's just not how we think. Yeah, well, I think we think maybe too big sometimes for our own good. Um, we've, you know, made mistakes along the way for that and we can, t- we can dive into that later in this podcast and even further in coming podcasts. But, um, at the, the initial, that, that rocket fuel where this came from right at the start was that one meeting in that bank, you guys need to just go out there and just pull trigger and rip it. Yeah. And that's, that's what yeah. we did really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So the, the next two weeks at yeah. Cambridge. Yeah. One of the big things over those next couple of weeks was, right, let's find a supplier. Um, what are we, you know, what are we going to do about this? And originally we jumped on uh, Alibaba, which mm. is sort of your AliExpress for businesses, um, and started messaging these uh, Chinese manufacturers. And we actually got on a couple, a couple <laughs> of Skype calls, 
that, didn't, know, yeah. that didn't go that didn't go down too well um it was quite hard you know a couple 18 year old boys in new zealand um there was a huge huge language barrier which was the first issue and the second issue was we didn't even know anything about beds yeah at, yeah. at the start <laughs> yeah. um so they were sort of sitting there like weren't they weren't really taking us seriously and we didn't really know what to say yeah exactly and, and the language barrier was a big problem we, yeah we had we had a few laughs over that oh, um yeah. i think because of the time difference for one we were sitting up at what you midnight. Know, ele- midnight yeah. 11 30 whatever yeah. it was in cambridge yeah on these uh wechat facetime calls <laughs> um yeah with these chinese uh, manufacturers and we weren't talking to the managers or anything like that were we well person. yeah we were just right. talking to people on ground in the factory there was you know forklifts going forklifts going everywhere in their background you know it was it was mayhem yeah, yeah um yeah. I, I think that was the first big challenge yeah and um, it was a learning curve as well yeah for sure because you got to think at the end of this phone call um yes it's all fun and games and that was a funny phone call but holy crap uh our whole business model has just fallen over because we can't get beds into the country yeah, all our, of a sudden our initial idea yeah. exactly yeah. so what we did um you know classic business term we as you said before we pivoted again um, and we needed. We've realised that importing is not the route for us at this very moment in time. Um, one thing that you know, if we were going to give advice, um, of re- building relationships with Asian um, businesses and manufacturers and exporters and stuff like that is a huge part of their culture, and it's a huge part of them doing business. For example, so coming in dry um, to you know nineteen-year-old boys um, yeah. with low quantities as well. You got to remember that. Um, a lot of the Chinese manufacturers and or any Asian manufacturers, they're, they're tens, going for Walmart. Tens of they're thousands, they're going for the Walmarts and everything like that, and they're not going for the 50, 100, 200, couple hundred um, beds to go little, little old New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So what? Yeah, what we ended up doing is we went away from directly importing, and we found a supplier up in Auckland who's been bloody, bloody awesome and helped us out. Um, he's got the whole supply chain set up for us and. Um, gets the beds through customs, etc., etc. Um, so that was a great contact to to have, and yeah. we've uh, worked with him over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, on that, um, yes, you know, like as I say, businesses in Asia they require a really good relationship. But I think one thing when you're doing business when you're young is being able to have have a good relationship with people that you're doing business with in New Zealand. Um, a lot of the people that you know, will be helping you out, have been in the game a long time or um, are, are doing, are, are very successful in their own right. Um, and it's quite a big thing for them to turn around and just help, it, help it, you know, two young kids out that don't have any sales at the moment, don't have any experience or any revenue. Yeah. So it's, I think the thing um, that, yeah, the thing that helped us out was that relationship that we had with um, our Auckland bed manufacturer um, and, and who helped us get the beds into the country and everything like that because, yeah, I guess, you know, if we didn't have that relationship, it might not have been as easy. So exactly, yeah, and it's unbelievable the the amount of free advice that's out there, especially within New Zealand. You know, yeah, a couple of young guys just showing a bit of interest. That's that's all you need to just get the ball rolling, and and you'll be surprised yeah. where where help is and where and people. Momentum is everything. I think when when you're starting out, would you say? Yeah, I mean, we were. It was a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, and everything like that. But one thing did lead to another. Yeah, it's it's sort of. You don't start with any momentum in it, and it's mm. always hard just taking the first step. But That's right. once you're underway, it's just all go. Yeah, because if you, I guess, at the start, if we waited, um, you know, a week or two weeks to have a meeting that you know you could have had the next day if you really pushed for it, you know, the the value that you're going to get from you know that week that you've missed there, 
you know compounds i guess yeah, to yeah, yeah. you know all, a month's you know yeah. six months behind in yeah. two years time i guess what we're trying to say is <laughs> if you're sitting on an idea yeah buddy just pull the trigger yeah go exactly. for it and for it. and use that old, the whole pivot mentality as well if something doesn't go wrong it's not the end of the road exactly you know there's everything yeah. there's another option out there yeah. just around the corner yeah so if we if we continue angus you know angus you're at my place and the next thing was, I guess, getting this e-commerce site up and running. Yeah. So we ran through a company called Squarespace and, and built a site over a couple of nights. And yeah. Do you want to just tell them what Squarespace is? Yeah, so Squarespace is um, basically uh, a bit of software where you can customize a website and it has um, the payment gateway. It's all, it's all set up. Um, you can make it look as pretty as you want. Um, and yeah. yeah, you yeah. can incorporate your Instagram into it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just basically templates of websites that are already. It means you made. don't have to go in and code it yourself. There's no coding involved, um, and there's other ones out there like Shopify is another one. Yeah. Um, and then you've got yeah, Wix is another one, um, and you've got like WordPress, which incorporates a lot of the coding into it. So if you are yeah. out sitting out there and you you know you do have a some sort of um, uh, coding ability, then yeah, maybe WordPress might be for you. Yeah, but these these companies actually lower the barriers to entry into e-commerce because it means you don't have to spend you know ten thousand dollars trying to code a website. Yeah, which you used to have to yeah, do in the exactly. in the yearly two thousand. And now you know it might be a couple hundred bucks for a yearly subscription, and that's right. You're away. Like, it's easy as that. So once we'd built the website, I guess the next thing was building a team wasn't it? So we've, we've got, we can bring beds into the country. Now people can buy them off them, off us. Now let's have a team to support the systems online and to, uh, I guess a team to, um, to help with marketing as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the first thing that we did was we had to get a manager in every region that we, that we were in. A big focus for us was, um, it's a student orientated company. We wanted students on board, students and only students. Uh, this was purely done by word of mouth, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, just, yeah. Your classic students finding other students and yeah exactly i remember sitting over a couple of beers with one of my friends and just saying um you know we're expanding to wellington um if you were going to expand to wellington tomorrow and employ someone who would it be and um nick was the first name that yeah, came up yeah and there's a bloody legend yeah yeah absolutely you know still on the team with us today yeah um yeah. and yeah we got a, another girl sophie uh, from christchurch and a girl harriet from hamilton and we took the team um, up to Cambridge as well to my place and spent a weekend up there and just went for it and got everyone on board with this idea and yeah. and made sure everyone knew the ins and outs of what we were trying to do. Yeah, I think there was a three stage sorry three stage process to bringing those people up to um, to Cambridge. Um, well, the first thing I guess well, before the three stages, the first thing is we didn't have much money. You know, we were starting this with barely any money, um, so it was a bit of a risk I guess to fly everyone up to Cambridge. Um, but the value that we created by flying them up there and hosting them there was that they, A, felt a part of the team. Yeah. Because this team is a team that doesn't have any previous sales. No one out there knows the name of the company. You know, this is very early stages. It was important to get them on yeah. board early. Exactly. And, and we, we couldn't have achieved that through a Skype call. or. That's right. Um, so I think yeah. it was very important for that sure. we got so, yeah, everyone for... together and got that culture, I guess, the, the team culture up and running. Yeah, so I guess that was the first stage was bringing everyone on board and sell them the idea. The second, uh, the second stage, I guess, was what we're going to do for the year and how to execute it and everything like that. The and open, th- open discussion mm. around that, and everyone bought, um, bought some value. And yeah, was, for sure. We had a good. whiteboard um, in the kitchen. We had, you know, <laughs> during the day we were water skiing, um, and then at night when we were, you know, it was yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and well. that was the third stage. Really, was the culture of yeah. the company. You know, we're yeah. all students. Let's have some fun whilst 
doing the things that we, yeah. we've just talked about in stage two. Yeah. Um, so and then, yeah, we, yeah, we left we left that weekend. Um, everyone was on board. I thought we were in a pretty good, pretty good space. Yeah. The next the next part was building this team of ambassadors. That's right. Um, sales team that's on the ground at the universities. Yeah. Talking to the students. Yeah. So we got thirty odd students. Um, yeah. To run as ambassadors, and I think that was another big big part of last year. A big part of getting this business off the ground. It meant that. You know, people could share stuff into pages, um, and yeah, it meant we could gain traction. And um, I guess the big thing about marketing um, is that this is a bridge to be built between you as selling a product and the customer. And the best way to build that build that bridge, and in, in a lot of cases, is by a, someone there, someone on the ground that's closer to the customer that you are. So when someone sees an ad on Facebook or someone sees a post on Facebook, that it's not just these two, you know, distant people from down in Dunedin that are trying to sell you a bed, you know, it's that person that's actually, you know, in your f- distant friend group, in your friend group that is saying, hey, I'm on behalf of these guys, you know, I, I can vouch for them, I've met them, um, I've seen the product, you know, Ruddy, ruddy, ra. Yeah, you know, th- I guess. Is... I guess that's a thing that is missing from e-commerce is the that's right. physical presence of of the store. You know, traditionally, you have a retail store that's um, you know a physical store, and you walk in and you meet the people and and the nice people, so you buy a product from there. Yeah. Um, but in e-commerce, you know, you, you can't see the product, you don't know who the people are. Mm. So I, yeah, I guess that is an important part of it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess it tied quite nicely into the student culture of New Zealand. Um, you know, everyone's, you know, having a lot of fun. Everyone's in the library together or they're at a flat flat party together or they're, you know, at lunch together. You know, there's a there's a huge there's a community feel at every university. So to be able to tap into that um, was was probably gave, gave us a lot more value than we could have ever imagined at the time anyway. Yeah, for sure. So we were I guess we were sitting there. Um, this was early last year. We had the team in place. What was next? Yeah. And what we decided to do again we didn't have a whole lot of money, so this was a massive. This was probably one of the biggest <laughs> risks for us so yeah. far. Um, we decided to give away a thousand bucks cash, and pretty much drained the bank. I think it drained drained the bank account. Yeah, yeah. But we thought, what better way to get attention? Yeah, that's right. And it worked incredibly well. Yeah. And we got, I guess that's that was lucky that it worked well because yeah. if it didn't work, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here today. You know. That's right. I guess the biggest thing, uh, well, one of the biggest things that's coming out of uh, e- the e-commerce space is attention. Would you agree? Yeah, for that sure. you know, for a- sure. attention is everything. Having people following your Instagram, having people you know engaging with the stuff that you are putting out there. Push, you know, it's yeah. not. It's got to be a bit of a two-way street a lot of the time, where it's not you just pushing out information. It's them engaging with different things. So yeah, I think yeah. this thousand-dollar giveaway. Um, I think we've learned as time went on that attention is is so so powerful. Um, but maybe this was a time where we just got lucky in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, we didn't realize the value of attention. Um, we just wanted to make a big wake, make a big noise, make a big splash as we entered. Um, so yeah, yeah. and here's, so, a thousand, here's a thousand bucks exactly. to some lucky student out there. Yeah, and how we actually gave it away was that whole physical presence again. We um, we found the winner, and rather than announcing it online, hmm. we found out she was in a hall in, in Salwyn. She's yeah. down here at Otago. So Angus and I went into Salwyn and announced it in the middle of dinner. You know, we, we the got The whole up, hall was in the dining room. Yeah, we got up on a couple of tables and said, is, Listen is, up. Yeah, is, is this person here? <laughs> yeah. Um, you've just won a thousand bucks and everyone was and like, holy. Yeah. Yeah, like, wow. You know, And, and everyone just went nuts. And that's the, phys- Clap, you know, that's the physical presence. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and it was really cool. It was a cool atmosphere and 
everyone's like these guys are real yeah. you know like this is this is it this, this is isn't real. just something i've seen online you know yeah. these guys are yeah and obviously the value um added to that was people you know taking snapchats of us up on the thing being like holy crap these guys just came into our hall and gave away a thousand bucks you know pretty sure they're from the flat pack company whatever that is you know yeah and and it, but at least it yeah. got people talking it got people the conversation rolling that's, that's right that's right so i think there was yeah there was value to be uh to be added to just giving away the thousand bucks when how the way we delivered it yeah for yeah. sure for sure yeah I, I guess the next the next part was the posters yeah, oh, true, that was true. that was the yeah. next um, part in the marketing plan. Yeah, <laughs> well, it wasn't in the plan. It was a bit of an I old forgot thing. about those. Bit of an impulsive <laughs> thing. Um, the poster story. Let's let's run through it, eh? Because okay. this this is a good one. Yeah, sure. What we what we did is we printed probably a thousand posters. Yeah, and we put them up in every single toilet and every single hall. At in all the universities that New we Zealand. were selling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all four universities across New Zealand: was, North Island, South Island. It everywhere. was yeah. Dunedin, Christchurch, Wellington, Hamilton, it was it was crazy. Every and single toilet and every single halls of residence had one of these posters yeah, on the back door. Yeah, so if you guys are listening, you, you might have seen it, I'm not sure. Yeah. This was yeah last year, earlier last year. So you're, you've just sat down to, to <laughs> do your business on the toilet and you, you know, you're on your phone, whatever, and you look up and you just smacked in the face, weren't you, with this massive... Uh, the flat pack company used the promotion code ghost wipe was the promotion co- was the promotion code um, to get whatever 15% off 10% yeah. off your bed um, when you order it in the coming months and believe it or not we sat here didn't we and we just watched the orders roll in yeah well it, yeah it was yeah. everyone was just suddenly ordering beds and they wanted and to it was almost like they wanted to use the the promotion code ghost wipe because it was funny yeah you know exactly and i guess that's one element to it but mm. the other element is just the whole attention you know yeah. again it get people it gets people talking it gets people going did you see the poster you know <laughs> yeah. have you seen it yeah that's and right. and to be fair we we did get in a, in a bit of shit for we it. got in some trouble yeah <laughs> we had a few uh few phone calls from a few halls going what the yeah. is this yeah who are you uh, yeah but uh, we like we we yeah, we, would again, never, that, we would have never not done it, you know? Yeah, um, that's It's right. fine to ask for forgiveness. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely certain lines that you that we're not advocating to cross um, in business. You know, respect is a big one, everything yeah. like that. Um, but, you know, this, I, I think it almost added more value, would you say? Having the students be like, oh, crap, you know, you hear those the boys from Flatpak, yeah. you know, they're getting called into the warden's office, you know, <laughs> for putting yeah. those posters up. Yeah. It's, so. I guess, no, yeah. I mean, it's just attention, isn't it? Just exactly. attention. I guess the next thing that we um, were, were sitting with was we didn't really have a back-end system to manage the orders, did we? No. We had a beautiful front-end um, where, you know, people could could go on, you know, www.flatpack.co.nz and see what we were about. But when all the orders started coming flooding in, uh, we well, didn't have the, a delivery system yeah, the, set up. The issue was the logistics exactly. of, of delivering these fares. Yeah. The problem yeah. with Squarespace and those those things like that is because you're only paying a hundred bucks a year. They are, they are only templates to manage the front end. Really. Yeah. The back end is just like you're exporting it into a Excel spreadsheet and it, it's just, it's a nightmare really. You can, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's well, they're getting better at it, but, but it's very one dimensional, you know, and what we've done is a bit different. You know, we do all the deliveries in house. We do it ourselves. So we needed a system to allocate deliveries to drivers, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think one of the big things, the differences between the way we ran the business and the way that, you know, most businesses maybe run through Squarespace is that we promise our customer 
that they would get the product on the day that they wanted it, the day that they specified. Um, so it wasn't just we're going to head down to the post office and, and post this thing and they'll get it in two, three to five business days yeah. or two weeks or yeah. whatever. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But basically the reason was that we, we couldn't um, offer a third-party delivery service because no one could guarantee that the bed would arrive on the same day the customer moved into their flat. Yeah, that's right. So the problem with building a back end is it's expensive. It's yeah. bloody expensive yeah. to have the someone. Coding, the coding. Yeah, the coding process is very. This expensive. was the ten grand we were talking about before. Yeah, this is, this is it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah you might as well. Yeah, so as you know, as these sales started coming in, we obviously had cash in the bank, um, and we we decided the best way to use this cash is let's let's start building this back end. So we went down. We found a, a couple guys in Dunedin, um, core development they're called, and we had our first meeting and we said, you know, this is what we want to do. A couple. 19 year olds at the time yeah and um, this is what we want to do you know here's here's everything and they go this is going to cost this is going to cost you about 35 <laughs> 35, 35 grand 40 grand you know yeah. um, and this, half is, of this it, is a big job and half of it's impossible yeah yeah we yeah. didn't understand um that you know there's this um barrier between code having coding knowledge and sitting there with no coding knowledge thinking stuff's easy when it's really hard yeah for sure i, I think how we overcame that was we understood that we needed to um, maybe learn a bit more about coding. Um, <laughs> and we did that through, I guess, through just talking with core development yeah, and yeah. they... Trying to understand how yeah. this thing works. And we're forming a relationship with them as well because I think they saw potential in us and we saw that we would be using them throughout the next, well, you know, year, two years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were sitting there with sales. You know, we knew this concept worked. Yeah, that's um, right. We... We needed to build the back end whatever way, whether we used them or not. Yeah, exactly. And so it ended up being, you know, however much it was to that we spent. I think initially initially it was five or six grand that we spent and then as sales continued coming in, we continued making yeah. it better and better. And we still are making it better, you know, it's not perfect yet. Yeah, exactly. So as every sale came in, or every say fifth or tenth sale that came in, we'd go back and we'd build some more of of the yeah. back end of the website. Yeah. So we were really running what you call a, a positive cash flow. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, our story is so interesting and a lot of people ask us how we um, got the thing off the ground with no money. Because, um, you know, the, obviously the traditional way of business is uh, you need a heck of a lot of money to start the thing you know most people assets, would yeah, yeah most people would be buying assets or be um building the back end of the website before buying, the first yeah or buying the, inventory or yeah that's yeah. right and we didn't have any any money whatsoever um, and and at the time no no knowledge about how we were going to do this yeah exactly so the whole positive cash flow model um was the way that we could get over this it was sort of intuitive to us yeah it was and i guess it's a big reason i, I guess um a good bit of advice for anyone out there that is thinking about starting a business but maybe sitting at a brick wall where capital is you know a money is the requirement that's stopping sorry is money is the thing that's stopping you from getting the thing off the ground um and which is absolutely not the case and it shouldn't be it, it should shouldn't never be, be the case it should never be the excuse because i mean that could have been our excuse for sure and it yeah. can be anyone's excuse but it can't, that can't let you stop mm, that's right because there's so much learning involved at the start when you have no money and you just make it work yeah that's right um, so like to put this really simply you know we we didn't have money to pay for 600 beds there's like you know which is how many we sold last year we we needed to sell beds first to pay for the inventory to bring the beds in to pay the delivery drivers to deliver the bed mm. um and that's what our model model is based on yeah you know, it's very it's not traditional at all but it works 
and I think the next thing um, that we wanted to spend money on, well, we didn't know at the time, but the next thing that we ended up spending money on was digital marketing. Um, and this really ramped up our business model and really ramped up sales as we came closer to the end of the year um, when we needed everyone to have placed their order by anyway. Yeah. Um, and let's I, let's yeah. just, um, before we get into that, let's try and explain to the listener, you know, what digital marketing actually is. Yeah, sure. Because um, it's a bit of a new concept. Uh, so basically digital marketing is advertising on platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, yeah. Google. It's, it's those ads that you, those sponsored ads that you see on your newsfeed all the time. But there's a heck of a lot that goes on behind those ads yeah. um, that you're looking at. Formulas and yeah. formulas. So let's we, we dive into into maybe some of the well, algorithms or how, yeah, how well, it works. Yeah, well, I think we're going to we're gonna get to that in a later. We'll, we'll spend the whole podcast running over digital marketing. Um, For sure. But, but yeah, we, we, we came across it through a friend and uh, Ben Salem, he introduced it to us. And that really is another way we grabbed a whole lot of attention for not a whole lot of money last year. The beauty of digital marketing is that marketing is that you can um, specify, you know, which age age range, the behaviors, the interests, um, and the location more than anything of um, the people that you're targeting through the ads. The beauty of selling to university students is that everyone's pretty much in the same location in the same age group. So niche. It's such a niche market that digital marketing really comes into its own. Um, when you are targeting university students, and we learned we can, that pretty early on. Yeah, we, um, we to put it in perspective, we went from five million people in New Zealand to targeting about thirty-five thousand students. Yeah, the um, problem that most businesses have with uh, digital marketing is that their target market audience is so big. Um, let's say you're targeting. You they, know, don't, 30, they don't even know who they're targeting. Yeah, you know? well, let's say you're targeting from thirty-year-olds to forty-year-olds. Um, you know, and that, and that's pretty much as much as you get, but. There's a lot of dollars that go out spent or wasted that are wasted that people are seeing your ads that aren't interested in your product or are never going to buy your product or are just not in your target market. That's not the case for university. Uh, you're, you're always going to get that, but try and we're, what we've done well is minimizing that ad spend that's, that's going towards people who are never going to buy the product. Yeah. I guess the thing to take away from that is uh, regardless if you're doing business within university or without of university is to understand your, who your market is, who is your audience. And and then use digital marketing to um, re- get your message Target, across yeah. to them. So what we did is we got really noisy on Facebook and Instagram, didn't we? We used our ambassadors, we used our managers, and we used our digital marketing um, to get every single person that was hopefully going to buy a bed to know who we are and 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 understand what we were what we were about. Um, the issues that. Um, came around this again was the capital um, but we used the positive cash flow model to use it to run the digital marketing because yeah, well, digital marketing can be expensive I mean it's, it's it's expensive initially but as you know it's working when it's working yeah. you know because sales are coming in and sales more sales are coming in than you're spending on ads and if you can keep it as simple as that yeah it, you know it works so um, yeah. it's it's positive cash flow in itself nearly yeah nearly so that's the, I guess that's a sales side of things done. Sales were coming in um, and we'd sort of built the back end. The next thing I guess was the, the logistics. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we led up to the 1st of October and sales spiked unbelievably at the end and we were sitting there going, you know, holy shit, this, this is awesome. Um, and, then, you know, and then we're sitting there with 600 sales and the back end still wasn't great <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so so we were continuing to develop that but you know we were sitting there 600 sales 
no delivery drivers, no delivery vehicles, no storage units going, all right, well, yeah. how, how are we going to do this? Yeah, and now there's 600 beds um, on a on the boat coming yeah, heading ready. towards and New Zealand. and we don't have a plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we had a plan, but... It needed to be critiqued. Yeah. So we, so we critiqued it, didn't we? We sat down and we, we made it happen. So the first thing that we did is we realised that um, all the deliveries needed to happen in-house, which we've mentioned a couple of times, but the main reason for that is that all of those 600 orders... Uh, the people that had bought them, the students that had bought them, we had promised them that it will be delivered on the day you arrive next year. That's a big selling point for us. For yeah. sure. And we, and we needed to guarantee that. Exactly. So we did. So we made sure that, the, so therefore the all the sales had to, uh, the deliveries had to happen with an in-house delivery team. Yeah. Um, there was absolutely no shortage of drivers was there. No, no, we, yeah. It was all student run. It was, the, a lot of it was just students um, coming down to university early for a couple of weeks and making a bit of extra coin on top of their summer job that they'd just finished. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so the beds, to, yeah, again, put it in perspective, the beds are on the ship, they arrive into the country, they're then distributed on trucks to our facilities. And we've got we've got a bit of a story about uh, Dunedin deliveries there as well, uh, Angus. You can tell you can tell uh, everyone that, that that story. But yeah, basically it was it was cool to see the physical product you know arrive, and it was up until then it had all been online sales, you know. But now we had a physical product or six hundred of them sitting there, you know, ready to go. Yeah, for sure. So I think I woke up on I don't know what day it was about. Friday, Thursday or Friday. This was just before Christmas. Just before Christmas, being the twenty third of December. Uh, and we had organised for the couple hundred beds that... It was three... What was it? Yeah, 320. Whatever it was. 320 beds were arriving into Dunedin. Um, this coming Thursday, we had organised for it to arrive at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was going to go and unload it between the hours of 4 and 5. Um, and <laughs> I woke up to the phone call in Christchurch um, from Cam, wasn't it? It was about 9.30 in Nine, the morning. Okay, I must have not have woken up. Uh, what? Well, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, 9.30 in the morning, I call Angus going, we've got a big problem, right? Um, the truck has arrived in Dunedin. How far away are you? And he goes... Well, that's a massive problem because I haven't left Dunedin. I haven't. I haven't left Christchurch yet. I'm still five hours away. Yeah. See, so I got a ring from the the trucking company five minutes later saying, um, "I've just arrived at the storage facility. Can you bring your forklift down and unload these um, one ton of beds that have just arrived in Dunedin?" And um, so anyway, I got in the van, booted it down to Dunedin, um, said, "Oh, I'm real sorry, but you're gonna have to come back later on." Um, and but, I, but yeah, yeah, we, we made it work. What what ended up happening was they had a forklift on site or close to the site that we were unloading the beds, and gave them a call and they helped us out and went and unloaded them and set them in the um, undercover for the day until passing down with rain. Yeah, until classic until Angus came down and then we made it work. Yeah, know? and we and we got. I mean, that's another time we got really lucky. Yeah, so we texted a couple of our, a couple of my mate a couple of our mates to meet us at the storage facility who lived in Dunedin. A um, couple of strong boys, just rugby, what was it? A couple of first fifteen boys, meet us down at the storage facility because we need. I need a bloody hand, <laughs> and we moved these was about nine hundred kilos of beds by hand um, in the pissing down rain, making sure that none of them got wet. Uh, but you know, tar- just, you know, tarpaulins on yeah, top. And... It was real bootleg. It was. It yeah, was very yeah. bootleg business, and um, but it worked. You know, it had to happen. Um, and things aren't things don't things aren't all sunshine and rainbows, uh, and especially um, we've experienced that. And I think that's a common misconception with um, the flat pack company and with 
maybe other business or definitely other businesses out there that um people don't see the blood sweat and tears that go in behind yeah, and and yeah the logistics the logistics especially of of business there's so yeah there's so many problems that people yeah people just see what they want to see yeah and sure. and again people think that when you when you start everything's set up you know you yeah you have a plan in place and thinking back two years ago we had no plan no in place. well our we plan, just, or the plan that we had was so short-sighted and so uh just unable to even happen a lot of it was it was impossible to even unscalable. execute on yeah, yeah for sure and i guess a lot and we said you know people see um well, people see what they want to see. People saw. Our, I think the next thing to talk about was people saw us at R and V having a good time. But what they didn't see is us rushing back to our tent every hour yeah, to yeah. take phone calls from um, people that were arriving at, at the university for summer school, um, saying, well, "Yeah, even I've just arrived. Can you deliver my bed in, in it, half an hour?" Yeah, it, it like it was over that two week period, um, sort of from Christmas through till the fourth or fifth of January, where Customers were unsure, you know, they're moving in a day or two days earlier than they um, had on the site. What can I do? You know, and there was just hundreds of calls, emails just going on. And yeah, yeah. think about it. We're sitting at R&V, yeah. just getting phone call after phone call after phone call. And the, all, the, the, boys, all the, the boys are like, what are you doing? You yeah, know? yeah. We're on the hill at R&V. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not on the hill, but oh, close to it. Close, close to, to it. it. Close to it. Yeah, so the, the phone was red hot over the Christmas yeah. and New Year period. And then um, in the middle of it all, I was off to Asia um on what a, was that third of jan yeah Something? third of jan just after rhythm. Yeah, f- yeah just after rhythm uh third of jan i flew out to asia for this um were, for the scholarship and you i were was literally flying out i was taking phone calls was ta- on the plane i was taking phone calls going through going through uh airport security through customs everything <laughs> yeah it was it was it mayhem was, but i mean we made it work and we did you know that was a, another case of and it, it's not all sunshine and rainbows you know it's it was and there was there was no it way was a we, grind. there was no way we would have known that was going to happen if we hadn't have done it you yeah know? that's it was right. just you yeah. learn as you go so then we anyway we got I, I came back from asia and cam sussed a lot of it over over that month period and we came back down to dunedin early feb with with the two vans ready to go and we were hit with a the biggest bed order day was fifth we ordered we delivered 50 beds in a, in a single day yeah. just angus and i we, yeah. well, we only had we had the one van in dunedin yeah <laughs> angus and i we started oh we got up early got the van ready mm-hmm. and we just just went, went for bananas. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so though, for those people that know Dunedin, um, for those that don't, it's just over the hill um, into the Kaika Valley, Valley um, about a you know ten minute drive um, from over this pretty steep hill. Yeah, from North Dunedin. Yeah, yeah. where we'd go and pick up uh, eight beds we could fit in the back of the van, and we would just grind up this hill. You know, we just <laughs> little, had poor little van. Yeah, <laughs> a couple hundred just, kilos of beds in the back. And absolutely. And then down the other hill, burning then, a bit of gas. Yeah, for sure. And we just we just went for it, and yeah. we did it in about yeah, ten hours or whatever it we was. We smashed it out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty yeah. decent. It was a lot of fun as well, you know. And I think and learning as well. Yeah, you know, learning as on the to, job. Learning as to how should the system be built? Yeah. And I think one of the things we learned from that and one of the things we you know learned from seeing other people do business really well in New Zealand is that the managers and the boss, the bosses of the company, they're on ground a lot of the time, you know, learning how the processes are happening. But they're not up in corporate office. Initially, um, anyway. As, well, yeah, for sure, yeah. initially. Yeah. I think that's a misconception almost that um, I guess the bosses um, doesn't see all the nitty-gritty stuff at the start because... You know, that's the only way to get a business off the ground is to get in amongst yeah. it. Especially for start, uh, for founders and for startups yeah. anyway. Yeah. Over the first sort of probably three or four years, 
everyone does everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I guess that's the end of our first cycle, wasn't it? That's the really um, the crux of the 600 beds that we managed to do last year. Um, you know, we learned a hell of a lot, and um, but now we've started into our second cycle where we can take those learnings um, and apply them into our into our second cycle. Yeah, we're we're sitting here, you know, having spent a year and a half learning, 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 and now we're we're not starting from ground zero again. Yeah. We're you know we're not starting from from the start. We're so we've got the systems that we wanted in place, the back ends in place. We're still continuing to continuing to build that. The logistics, um, you know, we've we've done one cycle with it. We we can understand what we're, we're doing. Slowly getting there. The biggest thing that we're doing this time is the marketing. We're focusing a lot of our time on marketing. We understand that that thousand dollars that we gave away at the start of last year, you know, gave us a heck of a lot of attention that we were able to use. Um, so this time we've we're doing we've got a photographer on board and a videographer on board. Um, his name's Gordon Duff. I went to high school with him. Um, he's got his own. He's got his own company, and yeah, I just oh, he's another one out there doing it. He's yeah, exactly, another cool. exactly. Yeah. And um, I met, just talked to him, you know, at the Christchurch races one day, and um, you know, the rest is history. Um, some highlights from what the sessions that we've been doing would definitely be the the lake video. Would you say? Oh yeah, yeah. If you haven't if you haven't seen that jump on our Instagram, you'll you'll come across it. We basically um, <laughs> built this bed. And, and floated it on the lake, had Angus's jet ski there, and had Gordon with about five different cameras videoing this whole thing. Drones. Yeah, and, and basically, go. You, you need to watch the video. Yeah, for sure. Give it, yeah, give it, yeah. A, give it a watch and you know, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's on our Instagram. But, oh, yeah, but in, that, in saying that, that took a whole day to film. Yeah. Like, I don't think, people don't see the stuff, the organisation that had to go into that, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the five-hour car trip that we took back to Christchurch to to, to get there, just to, to get the bed yeah. there and yeah. and to make yeah. it happen. But yeah, for go. sure. Let's go. Now we're getting ambassadors on board again. Uh, or oh, we've already got ambassadors on board again. We're using them again. Um, yeah. We're building on our team culture um, of students helping students. It's still only students involved with the company this year again, um, and you know we hope to always be like that. It's a really cool part and and a cool marketing point for us that this is. This was built by students, it's, yeah. and it's for students, and we get what it's like being a student. We know the issues that students have. Yeah, and it's um, and we're from, able to fix them, and we're able to give, uh, or we're able to bring students on and give them something to, apart from just studying at university and having a good time, you know, give them something else to enjoy while they're at university and be a part of. Yeah, yeah, and that's I guess that's the culture, and and we want to. I mean, this whole podcast was to, to sort of take our learnings and and feed it out to everyone else. That, yeah. as we continue to learn another thing that we're continuing to learn is our feedback from our from our customers as well um, that, that's that a, customer feedback loop yeah. exactly that's a really important part of our business model now um, Cam went through and messaged every single Instagram follower <laughs> well, I, I guess had. yeah that's another that's another thing maybe we forgot to mention is well, something we did this year earlier this year was I literally literally went through and, and messaged every single follower with a personal message saying, thank you for following us. How long got, do you think that took you? Um, well, the issue is that after about 100 messages, Instagram blocks the messaging function. <laughs> Thanks so, you're a spam and, artist. Yeah, and you have to you have like a 24-hour cooldown period or whatever. <laughs> so it a went on for period. days. You know, it might have gone on for a month yeah. to get it done. But, yeah. but it was cool. But absolutely worth it. And... I guess that's starting the conversation and and again building a bridge between us and the customer. Yeah, and and building the brand and yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, I guess we can pretty much wrap that up now. 
Um, that's that's sort of the overview of, of what we've done over the past couple of years. There's a couple of things that we talked about um, in this podcast that we're going to dive a lot deeper into. Um, digital marketing, for example, yeah. a couple of others. Um, brand um, awareness. Into yeah. future, in future podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where again, we'll hold your hand and we'll walk you through how all that works. Um, some advice, some learnings and some, tip, uh, some tricks of the trade that we've stumbled across on, on our journey. Anyway, thanks for tuning into that first podcast. If, um, if you've got any, any stuff you'd like us to cover and delve into a little bit more, flick us a DM and we'd, yeah, we'd love to cover it. And anyway, thanks for tuning in.